Stand before the vending machine of destiny, all ye mighty and despair. We're back to cover for all mankind here on The Incomparable. I'm Dan Morin, and I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Uh, Hi, Dan. It's good to be back talking about a real game changer of an Mm, episode. I see what you did there. see what you did there. Uh, Episode two of season three of For All Mankind, uh, entitled Game Changer. Uh, shall we, shall we do a quick, uh, overview of what's going on in this episode? Yeah. I, I mean, so in this episode, Karen, um, <laughs> is oh, driving Karen. around in, in, in Texas, probably, uh, Karen's basically, would anybody like to buy a broken space hotel? <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> yes. It turns out, yes. They built that, that, uh, that model and all those sets for a reason, um, because mysterious fusion inventor uh, Dev Ayasa, played by Eddie Gathegi, yes, um, is who was seen only in the montage last week, and we said, "I think right. this right. recognizable actor in a montage will be used <laughs> later in the season." Here he is. It's episode two. Uh, he has a plan and a vision for going to Mars uh, <sighs> using his engines and Karen's broken space hotel. And um, and that is mostly what this episode is about. As uh, we get to see his um, kind of cult like, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, company. we're going to talk about Helios because I I have some thoughts. Yeah. So there's Helios, uh, kind of cult like. They hold a they have a vote and all that. Anyway, they and they announce it. Um, meanwhile, in our other plots, I mean, we've got a little subplot that's bubbling under the surface here, which is that. Um, Ellen is running for president. She's choosing her vice president. She wants John McCain, but her husband, Larry, uh, and they have a kid, by the way. So that's a thing yep. that happened in the time. Yep. Job. Larry wants a uh, kind of a nut job. Uh, and and when Ellen talks to him, she basically says, hey, uh, I, I don't believe all the things that you do and you got to be in line with me. Do you want to be vice president enough to do that? And he's like, he essentially says, yep, I'll swallow whatever as long as I can be vice president. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's going on. There's a little politics subplot. And then the big other story is who's going to be not only the uh, the the leader of the mission to Mars, but um, what is going to happen in terms of uh, like who decides going forward what is. There's right. a power struggle um, between Molly and Margot that leads yeah. to a decision reversed and another big decision made. And that's sort of our other big uh, subplot for the episode. We also have a very small C plot involving, <laughs> oh dear, the plot that I had hoped we had left behind, which oh is God. Danny, who Danny. is still obsessed with Karen. Uh, and yeah. is like literally stalker <laughs> sitting outside. He's a, stalker. he's a creepy stalker. He's stalking he's a creepy, outside. He's, he's a creepy stalker. Yeah. I, I, I boy. I don't need boy. to see any more of that. Um, but what they've decided that they, I, I think the producers of For All Mankind have decided that they want to have all of the kind of like, um, they want to have the earthbound drama to contrast with the spacebound right. drama. And uh, but it's like, oh, I really, I really dislike that the creepy stalker. <laughs> Not a not a fan. There's a couple other things going on, um, too. Alita goes to the moon, mm. um, and she does a video call on the Newton, which can do color video conferencing. Yeah, the Newton has never been the Newton Message Pad 120 in this universe. This is all very advanced. 
this has all been a backdoor pilot for like bringing the Newton back or something. I, yeah. I don't know. It's a long play. Yeah. I want to, I really want to know what the, uh, their thoughts were about whose idea was Newton that? Because yeah. it's <laughs> Apple product placement of a sort, exactly. but it's the most hilarious kind. Newton message pad. old gadget. It never existed. Call Antarctica. You can call the moon. Um, but, but when Alita calls her dad, uh, basically he wanders off. <laughs> At the end. Yeah, I, I get the, the suggestion between that and the last episode that he is not, perhaps not well. I don't know if it's like early Alzheimer's or whatever, yeah. but there's the bit in the last episode where he puts the cheese in yeah. and her husband is lactose intolerant yeah. and he's, he's now got, he's lost he's his watch. Maybe got some cognitive decline going on and the, the husband yeah. is taking care of him and the and the kid while she's on the moon and maybe Mars. Who knows? Just mm. it's my intuition there. So... Those are the big, yeah, so there's a bunch of little plots. The two big plots, though, are what's going on with Karen and Dev and Helios and how that is intertwining directly with the power struggle between Molly and um, uh, Margot, M names, mm-hmm. Molly and Margot, in terms of who gets to decide who's going to the moon. And uh, it, and we can take those also- in turn. Yeah, so I mean, and yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff in both of those plots that have to do with sort of culture, for lack of a better word, right? Like, yes. there's some bucking yes. against NASA and how it's become very like it's the it's not like it pushers. was in the old days, man. Right when we were like riding by the seat of our pants, and then Helios provides. I mean, so it's interesting, right? Because in the last episode, we had the setup that it's you know it's the U.S versus the USSR are racing to Mars. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we've got a third player. And as as Dev yeah. announces at the end of the episode, they're going to go two years before, or so they claim. Right, the, the, the earlier USSR launch window ready. to Mars. Yeah. yeah. So now you have this three-way like competition to who is going to get there first. And we have all these different... We don't really see the Russians very much at all in this episode, if, if at all, I think. Um, yeah. And so we have now these three very different approaches and I think that's sort of setting us up for what is this going to look like, you know, as we see, saw them do last season as well. It's like we're, we're setting our table, you know, lining up our, getting all our ducks in a row. And then somehow this is all going to sort of collide at some point later. Um, mm, spectacular. But yeah, so, uh, yeah. So I don't know where you want to start, NASA or Helios? Um, I, I, uh, it doesn't uh, Helios, let's say, but I, I think you're right. I think that the theme of this episode is basically what are these what are these organizations? And I guess you throw in the the Russians or who knows what they're. I mean, there's the KGB and and this bad stuff going on over there. But um, with this, you've got Helios and, and NASA, and it is cultural. That is a great way to read this episode, which is uh, NASA is an increasingly top down. Uh, organization right. it also has that vibe too of like when we when we started this it's not entirely accurate but like when we started this it was like our show and so yeah. it was our little bailiwick and so we got to do what we wanted and now it's just sort of like part of the world like everybody's doing space stuff now and so they right. don't they can't they can't have the the freedom and latitude that they had before and i think that um although i, I would argue um well, well, we'll get there when we talk about NASA, about Margot and what, what is being set up for Margot. But I think it's interesting because then you contrast that with Helios, which is, oh, boy. So, um, all right. So Karen's so out, in the, the, <laughs> out in the out in the, the scrub land of, of Texas or 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 where I grew up in Sonora or probably it's like an at like um, 
Castaic is it's where the, they shoot the, all that yeah, stuff the, in L.A. The desert, uh, but it's the it's the yeah it's like a grass grassy uh, lands. I think they can test a giant engine. Stand in for Texas, I think, and and in a tent out there, she meets with Dev Ayasa, and he, he made a lot of money, invented fusion, um, but now he has a vision that uh, that he can use the hotel building as a ship. It's a funny scene because because she's like, look. Your offer is very generous. I have no offers. Nobody wants to buy this giant thing. And then he gives her the speech, and she's like, "Wow, um, you just raising the price." <laughs> right. That that was that was a great bit, especially because she. I, I like that it shows Karen as a. She's developed into a kind of a savvy operator. Like mm-hmm. we always knew she had the instincts for it, but now she's been in business for a while, and so she kind of puts together like. You've got this engine. It's not great for going to the moon, but it sure would be pretty good for going to Mars, Mm -hmm. huh? Um, And so we see her sort of sussing this out. And then Dev, potentially, I can't tell quite whether he is, you know, he's just so caught up in his passion that he talks himself into a corner by like giving away his hand or he or that was like some other sort of like double bluff. I'm not sure. Uh, He seems like he's. Man. So. All right. So Helios, Mm. right? Helios. Helios is clearly a bit of a ding at startup culture it is it is totally. as if i mean instead of our tech startups that we had in our world like space startups are basically mm-hmm. like anything you could also kind of read it as a sort of uh inverted picture on elon musk mm-hmm. because we have this guy who is also uh essentially the he's the kid of immigrants for also from africa but you know he is obviously black instead of white and his, his story is more about building up from essentially not having anything as opposed to coming from, you know, being the child of very rich people to start with. Um, But he's got this whole thing about how the organization, we don't really have hierarchical structure. He sits at a cubicle on the floor with everybody else. They have cult-like votes. It's, I can't tell if the show is being knowing about this or it's, they're a little too like earnest about it. I have the jury still out for me on like how we're supposed to read Dev because yeah, I find it weird and kind of uh, unsettling, but I'm not sure that's what they're going my, for. My guess is that what they're trying to do is show not only kind of another way forward, but I it feels to me, if I had to guess, that they're setting up that this all seems nice, but when the rubber meets the road, mm. it doesn't work like this, right? Like right. I feel like that that's what the the this episode is a lot of like setting things up for a fall. They're obviously still putting all the building blocks in place for this this whole season. This part, I I think like there's going to come a moment where there need to be tough decisions, and the whole nobody's really in charge. We take votes right. thing isn't is going to fall apart. And I I, well, I think that could be really good drama i did greg noss and i when we were in college we actually wrote a star trek uh, next generation spec script that was kind of along those lines where like the civilians on the enterprise were like we want to vote on things and the episode makes it very clear it's like um no <laughs> you, you 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 can't like the, the, it doesn't work well, I, like that. that that structure doesn't exist Co- all companies are not run by random votes of whoever happens to be on right. the floor at a time for a reason and some of those reasons yeah. are bad some of those reasons are just practical right and and it's sort of set up in counterpoint right because you know and we'll get to the nasa plot in a second but like part of what's happening at nasa too is like a 
there is a committee angle, right? But it's sort of a shell for a top-down yeah, decision. Top, yeah, I mean, a, it's exactly. yeah. So like, and I'm unclear right. about whether about how much like we get that vote thing, and and it's very much like Karen's supposed to be like, oh man, he he talks the talk, but he walks the walk. I'm not sure he actually walks the walk though, and I think that's that's an interesting question. Is like, is right. this yeah. is this really Dev's or show? Yeah, and that that he. When push comes to shove, he is going to be the one who makes those decisions, even if it goes against some sort of his, you know, his precious, um, his 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 precious uh, egalitarian desires. Also, I'll throw right. in at the end of this, um, you know, Karen goes to Dev and says, uh, "You need a commander," and he's like, yeah, "Do I really?" And and she's like, "No, you do, you do, because you got to land and you're gonna have you're gonna face." Oh, which I think is great because she's saying you can't just have a committee; you got to have yeah, some guy yeah. who's gonna be like, "Do this now." Yeah, my word, my word is final, right? And, exactly. Um, I know that guy, and 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 I I like the star. Like people are like, "No, nah, man, he's part of the establishment." And it's like he's a star. We we yeah. could work with him. Let's do it. And they have their little vote, and they're like, "Yes." Um, and then and then Dev also offers Karen a job and says, "Come work for me." I, I love this line. What better tribute to Sam's life and his vision than for us to do this? Which is like uh, pulling on the heartstrings a little bit, but like fair enough. Like it's sad that Sam died and all, and 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 I like that he he says, "Look, I don't even know what your job would be. All I know is that you're good at this, and we could right. use you." Yeah. And it's you, like you yeah. know how to hook people, yeah. right? Like she, and which she does. I mean, she just yeah. has demonstrated that. That's her sales pitch, yeah, she, right? You know, is, yeah, you know how to hook people. Also, you know how to hook creepy stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you got it all. That's the whole package. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to look at Helios as sort of a... The show this continually reminds me more and more of as we go along is um, Halt and Catch Fire, uh, which was also kind of a look in time. That was in turn looking at like actual startups, but it had the same thing where it would take time jumps between seasons and you had the messy personal lives as well as like, you know, the the sort of subject area. There's a, there's actually a lot of interplay between those two. Um, but yeah, the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, look at this, this very communal uh, space. Hippies. They're not quite space hippies, but like, I don't know. I I think it's also kind of a like I said, Silicon Valley hippies is what they are. Silicon (laughs) Valley, yeah, exactly. There's a Silicon Valley angle. There's kind of a SpaceX angle here. Yep. Um, All this stuff is on the accelerated timeline because we are in a different time period, and all this stuff has happened. Uh, I think we do. We definitely get the the the. They never say this is 1992, but in this episode, they are referring to the mission being four years off, which I did yeah. not get as clearly. You yeah. know, well, I think it's it was, 92 because it's the election too. So this right, is this right. is indeed the, the Gary Hart did his two terms, and now it is going to be Ellen against Bill Clinton in in 92. Uh, and we couldn't find anybody to play John McCain, so we're just, no, we want to use this this random person who I don't believe is a real, not a real guy, person. no, yeah, no. But he's a, um, you know, he's a, I don't know what Pat Buchanan, Pat Robertson, kind of like he's a sure Mike right, Huckabee. Yeah. He's a like a like a Southern governor who's right. they, very they much the, evan- evangelical. Evangelicals, yeah. yeah, they're looking for the uh, poor uh, poor Nate Cordry also has to suffer through. <laughs> A bad hairline. Yeah, he gets the he gets uh, the. Well, you got to show the passage of time. Not everybody can I just sure, have frosted I, I gray. <laughs> I yeah. Well, Ed Baldwin looks. Uh, he's a steel fox, man. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know they got to uh, do what they got to do. It, it is true. With Alan Seppenwall's review of the this season, he said something about how you know they try to make Ed look older, but he's just so cut that he could step into back into altered carbon in about one minute. What? So it's, yeah, yeah, or or uh, Suicide Squad, right? Like he's well, he's right I there. Thought it was 
<laughs> funny to watch. Yeah, funny to watch uh, 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 Chantel Van Santen up against Eddie Gathegi, who she is supposed to be older than in the context of the show, yeah. but I think is quite a few years younger than in real life. And yeah. like you're trying to do a little bit of uh, uh, maneuvering there to make that uh, dynamic work. But I think it does work pretty well. Uh, and I enjoy the two of them. It gives Karen an end to the rest of the plot. Uh, yeah. It gives her kind of a, f- not exactly a foil, but like somebody to bounce off of a little bit in terms of her professional life, which I think is is good. And I think she's going to... I think she's gonna have trouble fitting in, Jason. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna I go so. out on a limb here. I think so, but that might be that might be good. So, so here's the thing. So, one of the points of this show all along has been that these that that um the gender dynamics change from our history, right. yeah. and it, it happens a lot faster. Um, but I think it also one of the points that they're trying to make is that in so much space nonfiction, we talk about the astronauts and the astronauts' wives from that period. And the first season especially really was trying to say, these are remarkable men and these are remarkable women. And so that's why we end up with uh, with one of the astronauts' wives becoming a, an astronaut and ultimately a hero astronaut who dies on the moon. And then with Karen, we have... Uh, another example of that, which is she's still remarkable in her own way and stepping out from you know her marriage to Ed and then doing her own thing. Um, that is a theme of this show. Um, the other the other part, of course, is the women who are put in positions of power, which they weren't for a very, very long time in our world. But also, I, I do like hearkening back to the season one thing and saying, you know, the wives are important, too. And the show has always been a, a show that's cared about that, not just that they're important dramatically, but that they're important as um, as, as people in their own right who have incredible talent of their own and are discovering it right and like karen yeah. has to go a long way um she also has those talks with molly's husband right like karen's always trying to like find her place and has yep. been an outlier at times and that's what i actually am looking forward to most about her being involved with helios is that's actually good use of karen as a character to be right. yeah. kind of awkward and like how do i fit here and how do i do what's right um i think that there could be a lot of good stuff there all right, let's talk about NASA. Yeah, uh, there's a lot going on at NASA. Wait, where's the? Um, the I keep thinking the vending machine's going to be there, and it just hasn't been there. No vending machine, right around yeah, the corner. Uh, Molly has decided that Ed is the right person for the job to lead the Mars mission, and she gets to tell him the news in front of all his st- students that he's teaching in. Uh, I'll assume the astronaut. Yeah, candidates. they're astronauts. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he's very excited and whatever, and and you know Danny well, obviously really disappointed, and so here, but, she, but but she comes through for him, which I thought was a nice scene. Yeah, I think it's interesting because there's the the whole debate about him in the last episode about who who should be in charge. But what sets Molly off is that she gets a memo that is from Margot, and Margot's yes. not even there, and she gets this memo, and the memo says we are creating a committee to determine astronaut selection. Which is which Molly interprets as essentially being her job is being job, taken yeah. away from her. And Margot's like, no, no, no. And let me tell you, Margot is a liar. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> is intended to take all of Molly's responsibility away. We could talk about whether a, a loose cannon in the astronaut office should be deciding who should be on those missions. But the argument always was that nobody knew 
the skills of the astronauts and how they were matched for the missions better than the people who were there on the ground and that they didn't want a political committee or anything that could be tainted affecting those decisions. And it was a very effective and like, yeah, like Nixon didn't decide that that or nor did Johnson like who the like the let's put Neil Armstrong on the moon first let's decide like right. that was not right. it was NASA is going to do it and they had Deke Slayton do it and they just like walled it off and so Molly is right to be mad but like we were saying earlier this is indicative of how culture at NASA is changing and and it's exactly. becoming a, a bigger thing where there needs to be more top down so Molly makes there's, this there's, kind of impolitic move uh, turns out to be very much impolitic yeah. uh, to to say. Ed, you got the job. But Molly's at the breaking point here where she's like, well, they're going to take this away from me. Well, I'll show them. I'm just going to make my decision. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the decision. What are they going to do? Fire me and tell Ed he's not the commander of the mission? Answer, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly that. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this scene uh, in a couple ways is Molly is... So we also don't we don't get a sense of... Well, we get a sense, but not the actual filling of the intervening years. And Molly, you know, they have a she has a relationship with Margot, but she like the first scene, she's calling her like the queen of darkness and stuff. So you get the impression yeah. that maybe some stuff has gone on mm -hmm. in the intervening years and the stuff she talks about centralizing power and stuff like that. And and so we get the idea that stuff's not necessarily going great for the old guard at NASA. Right. Um and like you said, she's kind of a loose cannon, but she feels like she's got the power to do these things. And I don't think, again, when she breaks the news to Danny, I think she is, they, they, they are in an understanding, right? Like Danny is pissed off, but she's like, all right, well, you made the decision. I will, you know, I, I'm following your lead because, you know, historically these are the, these have been up to you, right? Like these are your decisions. And so I understand that's how the call is made. I don't agree with it, but I will continue to back up Ed and I have my backup crew. And there's a really nice scene with Danny and Ed where, yeah. you know, they kind of rib each other and she's clearly kind of miffed, but like they push through it. Right. And then that is set up with a distinct contrast. Yes. When the decision gets reversed and they go out and we learn, uh, I think, what we knew, which is that Ed Baldwin is a sore loser. Yeah, he he doesn't do the high bob, which I think yeah, is like that was I think that's almost as bad as what happens, which he's like, well, you know, the, if all things being equal, I I would have gotten it, but you know, politics, because he's a very angry white man who got passed over yeah. for a job by a black woman. He's like, well, this is totally because of that, and and uh, it's like, come on, man. Uh, very be disappointed in Ed. Be better, and he—he's. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously so disappointed because it's not just that he didn't get it, but it's that he didn't get it, and he. But he thought he did, and then it was taken away from him. I get it, but he reacts so, so badly, badly, and he is—he is drunk when he's doing it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't help matters that he's drunk no. when he's—he's he's doing that. It's really, really bad. Whereas Danielle, you know, she's very excited. Danny's very excited, and. Her family's whatever, but uh, she's super excited, yeah. excited about it, and uh, yeah, that's that's the what does Molly say? It's like uh, the victory. Well, it's going forward. It's the selection committee that's going to do it. It is the victory of the bureaucrats. This is what is happening. Yeah. It now Molly's out. 
Um, the bureaucrats have won. The selection committee is going to decide everything from now on. I wonder if that will come back to haunt them at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Sonya Walger in this episode because I think that last scene where she's smoking her, uh, you know, smoking a joint in the bathtub, smoking a joint in the bathtub, and cackling about Ed being announced as the the commander of the Helios mission. Yeah, the Phoenix is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I, well, I'm again, somebody who is a, a series regular. So I imagine we haven't seen the last of the last of Molly. Right. And she might need to end up running something on the mission control side or something well, for Ed. I, I mean, Karen's That's got a pretty guess. good relationship with, uh, with Molly and her husband. Right. So that yep. would not be, yep. not be, uh, not out be of the realm of possibility at all. Um, yeah. So that they, they have that big, uh, uh, Helios presentation and they the people at NASA are watching and it's like <gasps> right are they going to get beaten again but this time not by the Soviets but by this uh, wild billionaire who's decided that he's going to take the space hotel and go to Mars in the previous launch window and I had a lot of thoughts about how this season might shape up after that about like the question of I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but now I'm starting to wonder if what we're in for is this like multiple missions going to Mars and something yeah, is like terrible yep. on the first one. And then the next ones have to kind of rescue them. And like, is there going to be this interesting kind of interplay of, I assume given how optimistic this show is that it will ultimately be that the way for the people to survive on the surface of Mars is to, to work, work together. together. <laughs> but yep. how we yep. get there is part of the fun. Right. So we've seen like, you know, the uh, Helios has an engine and is re- retrofitting a spacecraft um, out of the Polaris Hotel. We've seen that Alita is working on fixing the problems with NASA's engine for going to Mars. So, like, that's still a plot line, right? Where it's like, well, they're a little farther off, but are they now going to try to accelerate their time frame to try and compete? That's a possibility, mm. too. Uh, are they able to do that as a bureaucratic organization, or is that something that's going to really disadvantage them, right. is not having that sort of you know test pilot attitude? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the personal level, we've also got... Uh, there's a scene with Ed and Karen after he <laughs> drunkenly yes. crashes his car into... Man, Karen's house is a... <laughs> do not hang out at Karen's house no. because there are stalkers and drunk exes crashing yeah, their yeah, cars. Yeah, the stalker's in the car across the street when the ex who is drunk driving smashes into something in her driveway. So there's a lot of lot of traffic lot going of around there. Karen. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we also got this... Like, Danny accuses her of... In the earlier scene where he uh, confesses his obsession... Uh, accuses her of like trying to get back together with Ed, which he's like, what are you talking about? But like, he's like, no, I saw you at the wedding on the hotel. Um, we also do learn that Ed has is splitting up with his wife. Shocker there, yeah, Yvonne, right? And, yeah, yeah. With that, yep. we get that in his uh, message pad vi- 120 video call yep, to Antarctica where he wants yep. to get their daughter... Honey. To join the mission. To join the mission so that she can grow some. And one of my favorite things about this whole episode, grow some shmingamimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Yeah. So, I mean, and then the next question yeah, is well, now, will we she be on the NASA mission anyway? Right. Yeah. Right. So, because she is on the, oh, the crew list family drama. that Ed has drafted, but uh, Dan- now Danielle has some feelings on who she wants, right. uh, including uh, Danny Stevens uh, to be her co-pilot, basically. Oh, so now we've got the testosterone, <laughs> toxic masculine testosterone race between the two people who are kind of really, you know, there is still some tension with Karen and Ed. I think yeah, they, sure. they are it's a little bit. Um, so we've got that aspect in it as well. Boy, a lot of irons in this fire. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't know how to define the relationship between Karen and Ed other than to say I think there is a great deal of affection both yes. ways there. But I think the way I've always read it is that Karen, Karen felt to be her own person, she had to be out from under Ed. And yeah. also that Ed would probably not want a partner who was as capable as Karen. Yes. And so right. so it's not that they don't have attraction and connection, but it's really like literally she has to be, you know, he he's not I mean look at look at his his ex or his his wife that we met in episode 1. Like she's just kind of a non-entity. I mean she's really read right. to be we, she's built to be just like, like a floozy type. She's this week's this week's Mrs. Ed. Right. We we're told we're told by Kelly that uh they they have split up in under a year, which is a record for him. Yeah. So suggesting that perhaps he's had several maybe wives. This is not his second wife, yeah. Right. Whereas Karen maybe. was like, I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to be what Ed wants his wife to be. And for me to be who I need to be, I need to be out from under that whole Ed Baldwin thing. But they right. do have right. a connection, some fondness and uh yeah, so that's all. That's all gonna gonna keep on. On and happening. now they're working together too, mm-hmm. which is gonna be an interesting dynamic yeah. because, as we said, Ed is not well, she, great about. Yeah, she vouched for him. She got him the job. It's kind of an yeah. interesting, interesting idea. Yeah, he's gonna really play well with those uh, hippies and the oh, office. Man, I'm I am looking forward to seeing him butt up against them because I felt even in that last scene where Dev is like raising his hand while they're on the stage and like cheering, you're like. He's wearing like a suit, right? Like a yeah. really f- like old cut of a suit, and you know, you get the idea. Like, yeah, it's a legend, but as also as somebody says during <laughs> during the uh, meeting at Helios, they're like, "Oh, who are they talking about? Some so and so is dead, and Ed Baldwin's not far behind." Yeah, right. And like, so we, we you know we learn from one point he comments, I guess that by the time the second mission comes around, which he would be commanding at NASA he would be almost 70 right and that they probably would not take him um so you know yeah this is sort of his shot this is his shot yeah and and the argument is i mean because one of the things was like oh, we don't even need a commander right because we've got this the whole system and it's going to be uh but the, like that's that's the point with with ed is that he's he's capable in the clutch that's like the only thing he's good at in life i said that right. last time it's the only thing he's good at in life, but he is good at that. And you do need somebody who's capable of that in the crisis. Um, that's why he's there. And, and you know, they may have, who knows how that thing is going to get constructed, but I, I think that they're right. Like, it doesn't matter that he's in his 60s. It matters that he's, um, besides which, have you seen his arms? He's he's, yes. he's in good shape. But um, it, it matters that he's got the the, the judgment and the and right. has been and the, the un- background yeah to make yeah. the hard decisions and make snap decisions and all those things that are necessary and that's what he needs to uh that's why they need him ultimately right Ex- exactly yeah. i i i liked that 
aspect of it, I'm fascinated to see how it all mm, plays out. Me too. Uh, have we got anything else in this week? No, I feel episode? like we have we have uh, shaken the vending machine and dropped everything out that was going to drop out. Yeah, I I'm I'm really intrigued in this season. Like you said, this like sort of you know from the second episode, judging where we're going, introducing the private you know corporation aspect of this which is a hot topic now yeah. right like private privatization yeah, so we have space commercial and, space uh on the yep. accelerated timeline that's cool yeah um any good uh, i was trying to remember if there are any good anachronisms he does make a comment about uh the electric roadster that he is yes. driving uh which appears it uh, looks like a miata when he's driving, when he crashes yeah, yeah. it into the car um and yeah, but uh, other than that, yeah, I think we've covered the, yeah, the high points I think so. this week. Is it a game changer? I guess we'll have to find out, but maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. All right. Well, we will be back next week with another, just as Apple TV Plus will be, with another episode of For All Mankind. We'll be back with another episode of the NASA vending machine, another installment, another stick another quarter in the slot. And I don't know. It's That's the name of the podcast. Uh, so we'll be back then to talk about episode three. But until then... Uh, we'll see you next kind. I don't know. I'm still working on the side. We'll see Bye, you Dan. in the stars. Oh! Goodbye. Oh, seriously, can anybody buy a used space hotel? I, I just, <laughs> it's cheap. Please, <laughs> it's up there. You, you don't have to launch it or anything. You just gotta, you just gotta take it away. Please, my boy, he's very sick. I need money for my boy. <laughs> Could you buy this space hotel for me? <laughs>